0: On the podcast today, we are going to dissect chapter 38 of the Tao Te Ching, and this makes up the 38th episode of the 81 Meditations on the Tao Te Ching. And as usual, Guyang will read Ja Fu Feng and Jane English's translation, and I will read Derek Lin's translation.
1: Truly good people are not aware of their goodness, and are therefore good. Foolish people try to be good, and are therefore not good. Truly good people do nothing, yet leave nothing undone. Foolish people are always doing, yet much remains to be done. When truly kind people do something, they leave nothing undone. When just people do something, they leave a great deal to be done. When disciplinarians do something and no one responds, they roll up their sleeves and try to enforce order. Therefore, when thou is lost, there is goodness. When goodness is lost, there is kindness. When kindness is lost, there is justice. When justice is lost, there is ritual. Now ritual is the husk of faith and loyalty, the beginning of confusion. Knowledge of the future is only a flowery trapping of Tao. It is the beginning of folly. Therefore, truly great people dwell on what is real and not what is on the surface, on the fruit and not the flower. Therefore, accept the one, reject the other.
0: High virtue is not virtuous, therefore it has virtue. Low virtue never loses virtue, therefore it has no virtue. High virtue takes no contrived action and acts without agenda. Low virtue takes contrived action and acts with agenda. High benevolence takes contrived action and acts without agenda. High righteousness takes contrived action and acts with agenda. High etiquette takes contrived action and upon encountering no response, uses arms to pull others. Therefore the Tao is lost, and then virtue. Virtue is lost, and then benevolence. Benevolence is lost, and then righteousness. Righteousness is lost, and then etiquette. Those who have etiquette are a thin shell of loyalty and sincerity, and the beginning of chaos. Those with foreknowledge are the flowers of the Tao, and the beginning of ignorance. Therefore, the great person abides in substance and does not dwell on the thin shell, abides in the real and does not dwell on the flower. Thus, they discard that and take this. So we have in this chapter a focus on morality and the idea of virtue and what happens to humanity when the Tao is lost.
1: Yes, um, this uh, chapter is actively... Uh, discussing the what true virtue is, right? So again, this uh, is uh, some scholars believe um, beginning of the second part of Tao Te Ching. So beginning from chapter thirty-eight. Um, again, the, many di- scholars have different ideas, but they usually like to dissect it into two different parts. Within the Tao Te Ching, so the from chapter one to chapter thirty seven is you just mainly talks about the philosophy of Tao, the existential, uh, the aspect of the Tao itself. So the talking deeply about the 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 way, right? Whereas now from so chapter thirty eight until to to the end of chapter eighty one, it will talk about mainly the, the functionality of the virtue. So Dao De Ching is the book of the the way and the virtue, yes. right? So that makes sense that uh, now we are beginning the kind of second part of the Dao De Ching. Again, some people believe there are three parts and some people believe actually the other way around. Mm-hmm. But this is uh, how like, uh, generally people like to... Dissect into two different parts.
0: Yes, and De in the Tao Te Ching is, yeah, as you said, virtue. It's, yeah. it's to use the river analogy. When we let go of fighting the river or holding on to the banks of the river, the Tao's power becomes our power. And so, in this, as you said, the second part of the Tao Te Ching is about how can we actually live in accord with that. It's there's more of a focus on it. And so, obviously, Lao Tzu has to dissect. The situation that he was in in the Warring States period of China, right? So he was engrossed in this Confucian society that he found himself caught in, unfortunately. And he obviously went kind of against what Confucius thought. And it comes back to a core principle within the Eastern spiritual traditions where. There is the belief that we are naturally innately good. Now, this is in opposition to a lot of philosophies around the world who believe that we are beasts from birth, so that we need to be cultivated to be a good person, in air quotes. But what a good person is, is usually how you or how skilled you are at functioning within a certain moral system or social model. So how good you are in downloading this external system that apparently is good and, and is going to make you, a, in, as what Zhuangzi said, a junzi which is a superior man, a superior person. Uh, he actually said superior man. He didn't have <laughs> that high opinion of women. So that is one of the hallmark differences between Taoism and Confucianism. And I would say eccentric Eastern spiritual traditions, as opposed to a lot of Western religions, where you know we we are sinners and 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 everything like this. But as we see with Taoism, and also with Menchus, who you know pretty much was a closet Taoist, even though he was a Confucian, is that there is this innate goodness that we have, and it is ironed out of us because we are taught to take on the moral principles of whatever the society is that we're brought up in, and then you say. Well, whose morality is right? Is it that part of the world? Is it that part of, Is it that ideology? And so then we build this fake self image based on the morality of the society we find ourselves in. This is the socialization process, right? And Zhuangzi, basically, in the Tao Te Ching and also Zhuangzi in the Zhuangzi are explaining a way of unraveling ourselves from this hypnosis
1: it's very interesting how the just a, just a simple two different theory of human nature in a good or bad uh, creates two completely different outlook of, over over the world over society over humanity and that creates a completely two different um, philosophy and also ideology yeah so if you're coming from the lauta's perspective where you believe human nature is innately good is based on basic trust you have a trust and faith in the, the way, way things are way the nature is so that um, following that itself is more moral and following that itself is ethical so that you begin to develop your own uh, ethical uh, dis- discipline, disciplines mm. so that means that you will have your sovereign idea of what ethical discipline is and you will be able to exercise that your own uh, moral compass so that that will make your your ethical discipline to be creative means versatile like so that you don't push your own agenda to others because you already understand that everyone has different ethical perspective, yes. right? And in saying that, that doesn't mean that everyone is not on the same page, but quite the opposite because they trust each other so they don't need to force the order, yes. right? Yes. Like on the uh, one of the lines in this chapter says. Whereas if you don't believe the human nature is good, so human yeah nature is bad, like you said, the beast and this and that, then it comes uh, the moral sensibility from society, so that that brings a, it, that frames the society mm. so that immorality is more so like enforced mm. to people yeah. you are you are a beast you, you can't think for yourself so that you need to um, get influenced by outside the social uh, frame, social morality, which is, um, again, I, I personally don't believe that that's a natural way because uh, the way nature works is we, we all know this, right? We don't have to control um, summer to come, uh, f- autumn to come like this, you know. We, it just uh, happens by itself.
0: Mm. Yeah, governance is natural. Mm. That's the idea in Taoism. You don't have to force anything, like you said, you know the, the stars and the moons and everything does its thing without having to interfere with it, right and this is what Uwei is, the path of non-interference about as you said, allowing people to think and be as they are without pushing your own perspective of the world on them, and everyone then trusts each other and lives in harmony without encroaching on their own beliefs and so forth and so on. Mm -hmm. And this is what Zitran is, right? Zitran is the self so nature of existence, this naturalness. As you spoke about in that chapter, this spontaneous virtue, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not a contrived virtue. The virtue is naturally there because you trust. You don't have to go around and force your perspective on each and every person that there is. And this is what happens particularly in the modern day with social media and uh, established media networks where there's narratives and ideologies floating around that they're pushing on people. Mm. And what I want to ask everyone watching and listening is just pull back a little bit and think about how much you've been influenced by what you see, the narrative that's been pushed. And a lot of the narratives that are being pushed in this day and age are very unnatural, they're very un and they're cloaked in the disguise of progressivism. And anyone who says anything counter to that are ostracized, right? And this is exactly what happened in the Warring States period of China. This is why Lao Tzu had to leave the society because Confucianism mobilized itself exactly how the modern narratives and ideologies are mobilizing themselves now. Whereas if you say anything different, even though we're supposed to live in a world of freedom of speech, which is being destroyed in front of our eyes, we, we don't. Hmm. Where if you say something different, people get triggered or they're, they're over. They're being trained to be oversensitive, right? And so when you're being trained to be oversensitive, that means you've taken on this self-image or this identity that's been inculcated within you by the accepted narrative, the accepted ideology of the time, the moral flavors of the time, the trends. And then that makes you overly sensitive when someone just doesn't buy it. Yeah. And so then when large portions of the society are oversensitive, we live in an unstable world. And this is what Lao Tzu's point is. And this is where a lot of people get wrong about Taoism because Lao Tzu's not just saying like you need to just embrace change and just move with it and just yield and accept. This is an incorrect understanding and it makes especially Chinese scholars Scoff when they hear Western teachers discuss Taoism in this fashion. It's not about embracing change or succumbing to change because the external system is telling you to. It's about how to master change. Now, mastering change is completely different, right? Because you're you are becoming skillful in how to navigate the changing dynamics of the world. You're not succumbing like a sheep. I mean Lao Tzu was definitely not a sheep. (laughs) He left the society because of the sickness of Confucianism, Mm. of forcing people to think a certain way and thinking that you can induce the Tao and this idea that we are beasts from birth. He's a naturalist. He knows that that's that's not true. Mm. It's not even a matter of belief. The fact of the matter is that when you look at a young child, we know that they're innately good. But then they're introduced to the world. Maybe they live in a certain family that trains them a certain way. Then there's education. Then there's a society. It's such a complex system. And so if you don't have principles from a young age, then you'll easily be pushed here and there by the changing winds Mm. of the social and cultural dynamic. Mm. And that's a big problem because we can't then live in a peaceful world if everyone is emotional and overly sensitive because they think that the world should be like this, even though the the moral flavors say of this particular moment in time will change in just two years time, Mm. right? Like it's gonna be completely different. So what moral flavors or what morality should we follow? The one in 2023 or the one in 2018 or the (laughs) one in 2028, because it's changing all the time, right? And so then you need to ask yourself, and this is, as I said, this is a, a test for everyone listening and watching how much are you influenced by what the media or social media say or what someone else says? Or are you completely objective and completely empty and don't bend with the with the cultural and social winds of time, mm-hmm. of change?
1: Yeah, I love what you pointed out, like how people take the Taoism very um yeah new agey way like uh, let's go with the flow and uh, i'm in the i'm in the flow i'm in the zone mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. that's and they think they like they'd like to um interpret mm-hmm. it that mm-hmm. way right yes um, but it's quite the opposite the the one thing uh i think the most important thing about the this classic text and that's the reason why I really love these texts is because it teaches you what's uh, most um, fundamental and foundation, the very foundation of this uh, existence and the, the, yeah, in the universal principle is what they're really talking about. Mm. And the universal principle is Taoism. Yes just how things come to existence. And that's just the most fundamental um, philosophy, I think. And Taoism is about how you bring that into your daily life practice and you become a human being that live by it. And Taoism is a philosophy, not an ideology, it's a philosophy to become a real human being true human being in other words to become a sage yeah. right exactly to have that principle and then living in the society is completely different story if you were to really strictly follow the laos philosophy you won't say i'm i'm going with the flow i'm in the zone blah 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 no 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 right yeah. there is a actually specific word which uh, mentions really, um, uh, really put a lot of emphasis in his teaching. To translate in English is kind of spirit of uh, fearlessness. So the spirit of fearlessness uh, directly originating from our human nature, our nature which is good, again mentions so that human nature is good. Opposite from the, com, how Confucius thought. Because our human nature is good, we have ability to feel shy hmm. and sometimes be ashamed and sometimes be um, dislike about something, disappointed, this kind of natural feeling. And again, the child at in the well story, anyone who sees a, a child hanging around the well and looking in and just curious and... Maybe it looks like a child wants to jump in, how would you feel? You mm-hmm. naturally f- flinch and you just want to run at the child, right? So this, this kind of a core nature, core element of our human nature, right? So based on that nature, we naturally have, should have that spirit of uh, fearlessness yep. because we will always move by our own principle our own innate conscience and that empathy.
0: Yep,
1: 100%. So that only brings out that pure spirit of fearlessness. You are not feared by anything. You are not going to moved by anything or pushed by anything because you just stand by that spirit very strongly, right? So again, that's what's missing hmm. in this day and age, right? So again talking about this um, um morality which is forced by society and the you know the bigger let's say yeah, national nationally or whatever that which uh, only brings out to be like more conscious of your own action and you try to think of what you're doing and this and that but truly virtuous people are not aware of their own action, actually. They don't act consciously. Mm-hmm. Maybe sound a bit funny, but that's how true virtues comes from yeah. um, mm, an individual so that their action is always spontaneous. And it, that's, why, uh, that's why that action has always that substance mm-hmm. and it has real presence.
0: That's true. That's true. And that's what it's saying in this chapter, right? Like it's uncontrived. It comes spontaneously. Uh, and in some sense, like the Tao Te Ching can be geared towards leaders, right? And then you notice all around the world, right? The leaders who are acting just genuinely spontaneously. And then you see the leaders who are trying to be pious and virtuous and virtue signaling like, look, look, I'm, I'm up with the modern times. I'm doing everything what everyone wants these days. And it's like, but you're not operating from the spirit of fearlessness. You're doing what others want you to do. You're not standing on your own two feet doing what you know is right. Mm. That's the difference, right? Lao Tzu is saying you should do what you know is right and not bend to the moral flavors of the time. And so there's probably only about one leader in the world who operates from that place at the moment, leave a comment below if you know who we're talking about. And as we always talk about, a lot of the other leaders just fanboy that one leader. So they,
1: they don't feel ashamed of openly talk about. Ah, oh, I'm a fan of him. Yeah, like,
0: yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I guess
1: it's a good good thing. It's a good <laughs> thing. It,
0: it shows that that individual, that leader, operates from that did from what they know is right, and they're not pushed by whatever the global narrative is. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and let's be frank, like pushed by whatever the American narrative is, not the global narrative. The American narrative is usually what is pushed on other nations and and other people, particularly in America, expect everyone else to succumb to their way of thinking. Yeah. And that's just not the way the world operates. Again, this comes back to your original point about trusting each other and just allowing people to live as they will, right? And so... We want to come to where we get to this stage right like so in in this chapter, it talks about how the Tao is lost, mm. so we go through this process of losing the Tao. Mm. and like you mentioned earlier, you mentioned the four moral principles or virtues or ethics of Confucian philosophy.
1: Yes, I mean, in this chapter, lots are openly criticizing those four virtues of Confucianism. And yeah, when the Tao is lost, there is goodness. When goodness is lost, there is kindness. The kindness is lost and then comes justice. And when justice is lost, finally we have ritual, right? So it's almost like um, nowadays, again, you mentioned the virtue signaling. Virtue signalling is kind of a ritual, I think. Yeah. the t- Modern days of ritual, you could say. You are, um, I don't know, um, celebrating s- 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 certain days or certain things or um, you wear certain colors or this kind of thing. It's, it's all just to, it's kind of a vir- virtual... Yeah, v- virtual signalling. It is virtue signalling. And that is, I think, categorized as, you could say, the, like a r- ritualistic, isn't yeah. it? Like... And again, the, the one of the lines in this chapter says the, the noun, the ritual, is the husk of faith and loyalty mm. and the beginning of confusion. Exactly. The husk of faith and loyalty. I mean, it doesn't get any more like pinpointing than that, exactly. I think.
0: Well, like what you said with virtue signaling, like when you get down to the bottom two layers, you get down to righteousness and ritual or etiquette, as Derek Lynn says in this, his translation, is that, when the righteousness kind of doesn't work, or the the social justice movement you're supporting kind of doesn't work, or kind of works, but then you set up in a, a ritualistic type of social etiquette that everyone is supposed to abide by, right? And so then you've fully gone so far away from the Tao that you live in a world of rules and regulations, and unfortunately. That's a lot of places in the world, is that we're all living in this social and cultural system where we are so bound up with these rules and regulations, we we don't even know what the Tao actually even is or what the ultimate reality is if you say it to somebody, right? And that's why in a lot of the chapters, they talk about remembering or forgetting the Tao. Right here, they're talking about how the Tao is lost. And so then we go through those stages and... It's just ironic because when we're not trying to impose our will on anyone else or we're not trying to be somebody, the world functions just as it is, just naturally as it is as as what you were saying before with the stars and the you know the birds and the beasts just doing their things that's exactly how we are too. We are not separate from nature, which is a is a common fallacy that a lot of people buy into we they think that we're kind of like some sort of Alien species here on this planet, but it's not true at all. We are acting like an alien species and we are not in accord with the Tao, but all that we need to do is unravel ourselves from the socialization process that we've all embodied.
1: Yes, we um, highly intellectual capacity that we have is uh, often seems like uh, works counter productive to mm. our humanity, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm, we like to separate from others for some reason, and um, we like to distinguish ourselves uh, to be, I don't know, more stand out in front of others. But again, that is actually very unnatural. Yeah. And that's what uh, uh, are laughed at uh, being famous or having a fame because fame is actually completely unnatural to us and that's the again a little bit like just to i just want to you know show off or stand out in front of the rest or something like that that sort of idea is completely unnatural to humanity
0: exactly the standing out the trying to stand out is a big problem in the modern world right with social media with just society in general like you said about people wearing certain colors hey look look i'm part of the gang like accept me like said, there's a real insecurity in it whereas if you're just doing things of themselves you don't need external validation and we see this a lot like if we look at charity right you'll see a lot of people particularly online they'll say hey look i'm donating to this look at what look how good a person i am like uh, don't get their big cheque and, you know, they, they donate certain things and but then you'll see other people in the world, like even, say, billionaires and that who will donate lots of money but they don't ask for anything because they don't need sort of the pat on the back, right? And I can only relate to this in some sense like with a personal story where my when my dad died and me and my two brothers and my sister were cleaning out his house, I found a cheque Uh a thousand dollars right so when the boxing day tsunami happened in 2004 in southeast asia and so you know, it was terrible right thousands of people died it was a you know it was a terrible natural disaster and my dad was never one to try and stand out right like he never had a lot of money in his life he was homeless when he was 13 you know, he did really good to get where he was at the end end of days, in my opinion, because when you start from a deficit like that in the 50s, early 50s, and, you know, it's a little bit different than this day and age, right? And so he got to a really good stage. You know, he's had family. He loved his wife, everything like that. But he was never one to grandstand. So when I found that, it it kind of broke me up because I was like, because he doesn't have a lot of money. And he just he just gave a thousand dollars and look a thousand dollars might not might not be a lot to whoever's listening and watching but for, for I know for my dad it was a lot of money, and so, but that goes to show like that sort of genuineness and he was very genuine in his actions right he was a generous person he was humble he wasn't a grandstander hardly ever spoke, and so. But that's a good example of how a lot of us should live our life as well. You don't need external validation. You do it because you know it's right. You know, if you can't afford to pay a thousand dollars, then there's no problem with that either. Yeah. You know? The whole thing is that are you acting naturally or are your actions contrived, as Derek Lynn says in his translation? Yeah. And a lot of our actions in the modern day are contrived. They are built on how we think we should be to be accepted by the society we find ourselves in. What's the moral flavors of the time? Well, you need to do this. You need to reject this. This is all nonsense. If you're operating from that place, you're already naturally insecure. You're not standing on your own two feet and you're not, uh, you, are, you are falling too much into whatever the narrative is. Yes. You know, so And I always say just because the narrative changes doesn't mean you should change. It's, you should never change just because the narrative changes. Mm. The truth is the truth no matter what.
1: Exactly. I think nowadays people think that if you don't act ethically ethically by what the society tells you to be, then I think people think that uh, is something's going to happen to their life or like the world's gonna collapse or something like that. But it, it's not like that. Like uh, your, your father's generation, for instance, just like himself, there were many people who were unknowingly doing good things for others, yeah. and they didn't have to advertise themselves, they did, they did it. Yeah. So just like that, the society was functioning just fine all operate based on a love and trust to one another. That's a real communal value, which kind of uh, lost unfortunately today. Maybe that's why people think that something is gonna happen if they don't follow this social narrative, moral narrative, right? But again, like it's only been around less than 10 years. We need to remember that.
0: And look outside. It's not really in your – I mean, it can be in your face a lot in some places in the world, but in most places in the world it's not. Mm. You go outside, everything's just normal. Everything's just hunky-dory. It's just people just trying to get along with their life. People aren't – they don't have to feel like they're being lectured to every day. But that's what that narrative is trying to do, right? They're infiltrating businesses and that where – it's almost like you feel like you're being lectured every day about you're, you're a bad person because you don't do this and that. And, and like I said, these social narratives change. So in two years, that'll be finished and then there'll be something else. And if you're not up with that, <laughs> then you're a bad person. And so this is all the result of actually social media. It didn't exist before social media, right? So that's also something that people need to think about. And as I said earlier, it's about understanding how your self-image has been built. And are you clinging to that self-image? If you're clinging to that self-image, it's a ghost. The ego itself is a ghost. That's not your true identity.
1: When uh, when people think that they should follow the social narrative, that that's, in other words, I think you're just being more submissive mm. and obedient. Mm. You're having no... your own principle, mm. basically. Yeah. So it's not... um it depends on the circumstance and situation. But most cases, especially... The modern world doesn't really serve us.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right, one hundred percent. So, like this, just chapter, you know, in a nutshell, the essence of it is basically that the the sage is opposed to like these shallow appearances that can appear through knowledge or politeness or whatever morality is, and the sage actually prefers depth and substance, prefers to live a deep life, and that's what we can all do if we stand our own ground, and we know what the truth is. We follow the way of nature, the Tao, and then you'll live a deep life and you won't be moved by whatever someone says. Someone will criticize this podcast, for example. You and I could care less. This is traditional Taoism. You can go and change this. You can change Taoism as much as you want to suit American sensibilities or to frame it or model it through your idea of progressivism and conservatism Daoism could care less what you have to think. Like you said, it's the way of nature. This is just the way it is. I say in my, in my new book, Tongue in Cheek, that Daoism is the ideology of no ideology.
1: Mm.
0: You know, So it's not an ideology. As you said, it's a philosophy. Mm. It's a way of life. It's an understanding of the original nature of the universe. And that's what it is. And so, guys, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you guys next time.